If any of you have been watching the news for the last several months or talking to your friends or neighbors or people standing in line with you at the supermarket or even strangers on the street, then you know that we're in the middle of a political showdown. Now, don't don't get excited. (laughs) I'm not about to stand up here and start spouting off about politics. Number one... This is a house of worship and not a political rally. And second, I am not qualified to conduct a political rally. But we do all know that there are probably people um, wanting to seek offices that we, in our humble opinion, just are not qualified for. we also might see in the marketplace and the in the workplace that uh, uh, people are promoted to uh, positions that they're not qualified for. Um, we've seen these good buddy promotions, and sometimes this is this can cause um, hard feelings. Um, inexperienced new bosses um, that are attempting to supervise their former colleagues and and friends tend to swing back and forth between iron-fisted control on one hand and sweet camaraderie on the other. You will hear in our scripture today that this might have been a problem. And our scripture is from 1 Kings chapter 3, Verses 3 through 14. Now hear the word of God. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all of his father David's instructions, except that he continued to sacrifice in the hills and to offer incense there. The most famous of the hilltop altars was at Gibeon, and now the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. The Lord appeared to him in a dream that night and told him to ask for anything he wanted, and it would be given to him. Solomon replied, You were wonderfully kind to my father David because he was honest and true and faithful to you and obeyed your commands. And you have continued your kindness to him by giving him a son to succeed him. O Lord my God, Now you have made me the king instead of my father David. But I am as a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am among your own chosen people, a nation so great that there are almost too many people to count. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people, excuse me, govern your people well and know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. For who by himself is able to carry such a heavy responsibility? The Lord was pleased with his reply and was glad that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So he replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people and haven't asked for a long life or riches for yourself or the defeat of your enemies, yes, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wiser mind than anyone else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you didn't ask for, riches and honor. 
and no one in the whole world will be as rich and famous as you for the rest of your life. And I will give you a long life if you follow me and obey my laws as your father David did. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. To adopt a phrase from Jesus found in Luke chapter 17 verse 1, it's necessary that new leaders gain experience, but woe unto them whom they gain that experience. In today's passage, we are introduced to a young, inexperienced leader who sincerely wanted God's guidance as he transitioned into his new position. At age 20, Solomon was promoted to a position that called called for a level of maturity that um, Solomon knew he just did not possess. Of course, just the mere recognition of his immaturity demonstrated that young Solomon possessed unusually good judgment. I I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or how to come in. Now, it takes a certain amount of wisdom to recognize our deficiency and humbly seek after a supplement. Now, I have wisdom enough to know that I will never conquer modern technology or electronics. So I've supplemented by asking others for advice and help. And if you don't believe me, just ask Tricia. (laughs) I drive her crazy. God obviously appreciated Solomon's request for wisdom. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. So God not only granted the wisdom Solomon asked for, he threw in the riches and fame that Solomon didn't ask for. Now here is an Old Testament example of a New Testament principle. Strive for his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. That's from Luke chapter 12, verse 31. These other things were more than just a reward for requesting wisdom. They resulted from the wisdom that Solomon received. They grew out of the wise decision he made early in his reign. Solomon structured and administrated his kingdom in a manner that naturally produced financial and political success. That was from 1 Kings 4.29. Solomon asked God to give him an understanding heart. Because no matter how smart the mind may be, if the heart is all wrong, all of life will be wrong. Keep your heart with all uh, diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. And that's from Proverbs 4:23. Understanding means hearing, and Solomon wanted a hearing heart. To um, the Old Testament Jew, having heart meant obeying. God gave Solomon great wisdom and understanding and a mind with broad interest. In fact, his wisdom exceeded that of any of the wise men of the East, even those in Egypt. 
He was famous among the surrounding nations. Solomon was the author of 3,000 proverbs and over 1,000 songs. Kings from many lands sent their ambassadors to him for his advice. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now we're all acquainted with the prosperity gospel which attempts to use God in the accomplishment of selfish, personal objectives. That is not what is being modeled in our passage today. In fact, we have just the opposite. Solomon's objective was to be the best leader of God's that he could possibly be. He essentially asked for a gift that would benefit others. Solomon's objective was not so much to become a great king, but rather become a great servant. In the process of pursuing this objective, he became both. Solomon is most famous for his uh, material prosperity. But his religious accomplishments were even greater reaching and longer lasting. The moral failures of Solomon's later life do not negate the significance of his spiritual success in his early life. Solomon's temple became the nucleus around which Judaism was to develop. The sacred writings associated with Solomon are at the center of Old Testament literature. These are the accomplishments of Solomon that most directly carried out the counsel of his father David. David's conception of success was that of keeping the statues, the commandments, the ordinances, and the testimonies laid out in the five books of Moses. And this was to become Solomon's source book. It contained the principles by which he was to rule. Advice like that which David gave his son sounds simple enough, but attempting to carry it out can be exceedingly difficult. It takes a great deal of wisdom and judgment to discern the principles behind an ancient text and apply them to a contemporary setting. Solomon was challenged to live and govern by scriptures that had been passed down to him through uh, from another time. They were ancient words even in his day, words from a world long ago. The law of Moses had been given to people living in a completely different culture, economical and political situation. These people were Solomon's ancestors, but their lives had very little in common with his. The world had changed. The descendants of Abraham were living in the land God had promised to Abraham back in Genesis. But there was little that Abraham would even have recognized. Entire social groups had come and gone. National boundaries had changed. 
cities had been built, torn down, rebuilt, torn down, and rebuilt again. How was Solomon to take a revelation given to his ancestors in one world and apply it to the people living in his world? And that is essentially the same question. Preachers, teachers, uh, and teachers must wrestle with every time they prepare a lesson. It was hard work for Solomon, and it's hard work for us today. But it's just the kind of work that God can work with. And he wants to work through us in that way. Because it is God's work. It is God's work. When we sincerely ask for God's discernment in teaching, we are actually asking for a wisdom that will benefit others. Give me an understanding heart. That's the kind of prayer that God delights in hearing. And he delights in answering that kind of prayer. That's the kind of motion God can work through. And that's the kind of motion Solomon was. And God was ready, willing, and able to work through him. And he is ready, willing, and able to work through us just as well. The fame and fortune God bestowed on Solomon was an indication that God wanted him to do well. It seemed that the better Solomon did, the more God was glorified. And the better we do, the more God is glorified. For example, 1 Kings 10.9 says that when the queen of Sheba beheld Solomon's wisdom and wealth, she went away praising the God of Israel. The writers of both Kings and Chronicles presented Solomon's fame and fortune as a glorious testimony to the faithfulness of God in keeping God's promises. A similar theme emerges early in the history of Abraham. God's original promise was, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing And in you, all the familiar of the earth shall be blessed. That's from Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. The blessings of God, both spiritual and material, are given to us that they might be passed on to others through us. We are wise to remember this when we pray. James teaches us that Selfish prayers are largely ineffective. Moreover, our prayers reveal our own priorities. We naturally pray for what's most important to us. We often get caught up in asking uh, things for ourselves and what God can do for us. And we sometimes forget to ask God what we can do for him, and what we can do for others. Solomon's prayer for wisdom demonstrated that God's priorities were his priorities. 
God was pleased with Solomon's request for wisdom because it showed that the king was was concerned with serving God and his people by knowing and doing God's will. God wanted a wise leader and for his people, and Solomon wanted more than anything in the world to be that wise leader. Leaders like Solomon make great kings and great ministers and great teachers and great church leaders because they are first great servants. The desire for wisdom is the first step toward greatness. Psalms 111 teaches us to demonstrate our wisdom by fearing the Lord. To fear the Lord is to reverence him, not merely with our words, but more importantly with our actions. We can be eloquent, profound, and orthodox. But the real demonstration of reverence is doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. What grade is a, is a good administrative assistant with the greatest knowledge of her craft or the um, uh, great knowledge of, of, of uh, technology and so forth if he or she cannot uh, follow instructions? Obedience is the most important demonstration of godly wisdom. Psalms 111 verse 10 says that a good understanding have all they that do the commandments of God. The wisdom that impresses God is manifested not by speaking well or writing well, but by living well. So what does this understanding of wisdom mean for us today? If we allow ourselves to experience this side of God, we open our hearts to understanding God in a whole new way. Often we, we rely on our limited knowledge of God to guide our understanding of God and the way, work of God. Knowing we are made in God's image deepens our understanding of God when we learn more about wisdom. Wisdom with God desires for each of us to to become the person that God wants us to be. It's only our lack of wisdom that at times blocks our way. We all need to pray as Solomon did for wisdom to carry out the things that God has commanded us to do. May God grant us the wisdom to want most what his people need most. Let us pray. Our most gracious Father, we humbly bow before you, God, the source of all wisdom and knowledge. In our lack of wisdom, Lord, help us be faithful servants for you in this world, which longs to hear your good news. Lord, may your wisdom guide us 
And may we turn our lives to you as you continue to form us in your image. And it's the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. And the church said, Amen.